Do you ever see a tweet that rattles your cage only to find out it comes from someone who works, writes, or whatever for a reputable site or podcast? Who should you take advice from? And how are those top prospects doing as we enter June? It's time for dingers. This is dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah, dingers. Let's go. Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Patrick Sandoval that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined again, as always, by Robbie Baseball from the Murder Room. Robbie, what's happening today, buddy? Oh, Rob, nothing. I'm just you can't be trusted with these buttons. He's playing with <laughs> the on-screen animations and stuff, and he's not responsible enough. To handle that I, that job i sell that um, idea i sell that idea it's anyway. kind of like ronnie doing ronnie doing the opening in the last episode he sounded like um <laughs> spongebob squarepants he was uh doing a podcast under the sea kind of thing um, yeah he had a little, little mic a... shouty little mic shouty hot mic hot mic um <laughs> off, off the top but whoops um oh, i just dropped a baseball. All right. I'll, I'll get that later um yeah he he mellowed it out overall and did a great job we do thank ronnie uh, for coming in on that one, but uh, off the top here, Ty, congratulations! Uh, you have another turny baby in the family. Oh, I assumed that you were congratulating me on my home league victory this week, uh, where I am no. playing against Rob. But but thank you for you know letting me uh, have that moment to welcome our our daughter, and thank you, Ronnie, for covering. Uh, for me last week i appreciate it even though you took your turns to take shots back which we totally deserve uh when you fire back so um robbie where you at what's let's get into this today um before we do i think it's appropriate that we get on point a long time ago someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles in some of these bottles they put juice or milk and that was stupid Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. I did appreciate Ronnie stepping up with the cork pop last week, though. That that was a really nice uh, guest appearance, right, to, to take that responsibility. It was, and I accidentally cut him off. I know I did it like, I don't know, dozens of times, but a lot of that was because his information was terrible. But um, the first time I did it during the beers and bourbon segment, he told me afterwards that he had Woodford and I didn't even talk about what we were drinking. Um, obviously, for anyone who was listening to the cracks, you heard Ty's bottle and a double can for me um, because I am going with the Crown Float again. It's just my new thing here i've just i've really sunk my teeth into it when we podcast i i celebrate with the most expensive beers um to, but tonight ty because of our specific topic 
I have a specific cider that I am going to um, to do. And we've got a lot to cover. So when I go off topic tonight, which I still have one more off topic thing, um, I'll apologize to everybody. But tonight's cider for me is don't poke the bear. I don't know if I'm yeah got to get that in there. It doesn't matter. No, no one's going to watch. But they also make a nice um, dirt cheap red wine um that if i'm i'm dying oh is that the brewer's name is that their actual name i don't i Uh, think so but i know for sure there's a don't poke the bear red wine it was the exact same branding so well i know i know that to be true the rules in for cider in ontario are are exactly like wine like you have to have a certain amount of acreage that you use and things like it's really Mm -hmm. really silly um i'm I'm sure there's a reason why they're doing it for craft purposes so it makes sense that maybe that farm has the ability to to brew um wine as well as the cider so i don't want to i don't want to step on that one um my final off topic thing because we are we got hot news we got a lot to do um and of course if you are always interested in hot news from us or uh hot takes hot opinions find us at um dingers pod on the twitter uh, you can find ty at tourney boss or myself at robbie baseball one um i got to celebrate a terrific father moment saturday morning ty um my son, little Ray, went out for his first T-ball game on Saturday, and uh, he had to wear a helmet. Um, and he went out, and he he got stuck in left field. I'm not blaming the coach. Uh, I believe it's Coach Nate who is a has something to do with Muskoka Brewing. So we're going to work on that sponsorship for the podcast. <laughs> um, so I have nothing negative to say about the coaching. Uh, he hit as out as long as you're not hole. trading. As long as you're not trading your guys playing time for that right <laughs> in, in the reverse order he can sit yeah. on the bench if <laughs> yeah uh then, but then Jess, backwards. <laughs> like my wife had forbid me from coaching on account of my intensity and uh they'd sent out the emails a couple times about like we don't have enough coaches might not be enough for the kids blah 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 and she's like there will be don't you know you're not you're not coaching him when he's this young meanwhile when he was three i coached him in blast ball which is basically like introduction to baseball um, but you only run to first base and then the base makes a noise. So that was anyway. Um, so yeah, he, he played right field. He played, uh, in the second time they went out at left field the first time, uh, got a couple balls that, you know, came to him or went past him, threw it over. It was hilarious and super cute to watch. Um, but he also hit the only, uh, double of the game for either team because he just didn't stop at first. And that is good coaching right there uh you send him to second actually i think he was getting stopped but he just went and then they made him go back to first everybody got a single you know and they just moved along the bases so uh, i was super cute to see and that's the early comeuppance of baseball and um you know as we're going to talk about tonight all of the the pros and where they're doing how they're doing but uh that was a real cute father moment i enjoyed it and uh yeah then we're gonna screw it all up and he's gonna play soccer tomorrow so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because i have a, a friend of mine that uh, they have a little guy about the same age as ours and he sent a note like hey do you want to sign him up for soccer and it was a hard no and they were just like taken aback when i'm yeah. like my kid will not play soccer <laughs> i i only like oh, I'm run endlessly soccer. in fields for hours i gotta back yeah <laughs> yeah well see that's it i only want that because i just want him to like drain some energy um, but then when I dropped him off at school today, I actually wore, well, I took, I took it off now, but, um, I was wearing our home league shirt, my Sonder metrics shirt uh, from 2017 that said, you know, prospects are awesome. Otani in 18, which was to be his debut year. I wore that to the draft 
I, there was a whole thing. I drafted him. I took I took off my hoodie. I exposed my Otani shirt. It did it, it didn't help. Anyway, um, yeah. And and some of the kids were were talking to me. And one kid's like, "I'm LeBron James's dad." And I said, "No, you're not." He said, "Oh, my name's James." I said, "Yeah, well, there's a lot of James in the world." Um, but anyway, they were talking to me about who's this player on my shirt, and I said, "Oh, he's that's Shohei Otani. They just played the Blue Jays over the weekend." And the one kid said, why does his shirt say Jay? He doesn't play for that team. And I said, oh, that's Japan. That's from before he was in Major League Baseball. And then they started talking about the color of tag on their backpack. So I left at that point. But I was juiced up from an early point this morning to talk baseball, ties. So um, I am ready to get at it. But why don't we take turns with hot news? We can kind of volley back and forth because there's a lot. But we we don't have to dwell on it. But there's certainly a few of each of our dudes here that are worth some type of mention small or otherwise um do you want to dive in with hot news yeah definitely um i know the first guy is the guy that you've picked up uh in a league that we're in so i'll let you lead there um, oh okay sure i want to use him to beat you this week (laughs) go for it yeah you're gonna need it uh yeah michael harris with atlanta he's up he was a 2020 pick i believe um second round first round whenever it was but either way super happy to see michael harris come up the fun part is that he skipped double a to come up to triple a got his first hit over the weekend uh now we're going to get to see exactly what happens with him as he goes on and what atlanta is going to do how they're going to use him uh but it's just nice to see a guy brought up that was doing well at the time and the fact that they skipped triple a as we know ty that's nothing new for um anthopolis to do but back when the jays used to do it a lot more they were doing it um they would take guys from new hampshire the hat i'm wearing the double a team um and they would skip triple a when they were in vegas and that was that was the big thing Um, i don't know what the deal is with harris skipping other than maybe it's just need and anthopolis is just trying to put the best baseball team on the field i mean that doesn't sound like a major league baseball thing right promoting the best players to give you a chance to win however He's up and I'm really happy about it. Um, that is the Michael Harris update. Yeah, that's uh fantastic. A guy with far less promise at this point is Chris Luke Weaver. Uh, he's on the 60 day DL at this stage. And I think really, you know, we're kind of starting to look towards 2013 or 2023, right? Um, honestly, I, I can't say I was, I know probably you weren't too Robbie, but Luke Weaver has been dead to me for a while uh, yeah. in terms of fantasy value. There's just not enough stuff there. Uh, I think this is the kind of guy, let's call him Dan Straley, right? Like the kind of guy that needs to go somewhere, find and refine that pitch that can give him a shot, right? We've seen lots of guys come back over uh, from from the Asian leagues and, and you know have a little bit more polished stuff. I think this is a guy that's going to fall into that category after the injury. I, I don't see a major league team taking a shot on Weaver, to be honest, at this stage. I mean, I, I'm not sure what his contractual status is, like if this is the end of his control, but I could certainly see what you just said. Just like let him go. Um, Arizona is not going to need him uh, in the future. Uh, they do still have, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the they traded the one prospect pitcher to uh, Pittsburgh and then they still had the guy that I preferred Malone, I think is the one they traded. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember Brandon, the name of the Brandon. other guy. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate because Luke Weaver is somebody who for redraft guys, the three, four years ago was getting a lot of that hype, right? Like, you know, there was, uh, like on, in this league, they would, I mean, they're, they're joking when they say it. Cause those guys, Bogman and the Welsh are Arizona dudes. And they, you know, had the song Luke Weaver. Um, and I haven't sang on the podcast in a while, but, uh, sad to see him go. Another guy who I'm happy to see go and, and Ty, you said this 
like long ago, Keuchel should not be part of the White Sox. And finally, like, you know, DFA'd, get him out of here. They got other options. They can do the bullpen thing. They can pick pick away at Tampa's playbook. Um, Keuchel was just not a major league pitcher at this point in time. And I don't know what he's going to do. If he's going to try to go to AAA and play out the rest of the year in someone's uh, for someone's team, but whatever he's out, he's I out mean, of being done. The white, in guy. my opinion, I think he's the perfect guy for a team. That's going to unload some talent to, to eat some innings, right? Like similar to what we've seen out of like Quintana and Pittsburgh, like that kind of role, like just go throw some bad innings. Uh, you know, Zach Godley kind of filled that role in, in a couple of years uh, previous oh, okay. year, kind of that role. I think that's, that's all he's got left in the tank, to be honest. Like, it's not like he's awful, awful. He's just not good enough. So yeah, I, I guess it's maybe a, needs to be addressed. And maybe it could just be a financial thing. If he's got enough that he feels like, yeah, okay, that's I'm done. Or like you just said that he, he's got, I'm sure he's got offers like the minor league or whatever minimum. Um, that's very sad to see. Also, uh, Zach Greinke has hit the IL. I'm I'm not pumped about Zach Greinke hitting the IL. Um, yeah. Needed him. Well, in I mean, leagues. well, I mean, it, uh, you know, I kind of made the comment in our surf chat today, like, you know, drafting old age pitch, like old pitchers is never the greatest philosophy in the world. I'm certainly getting beat up a little bit in that league because of that. So, you know, it's, it's part of the territory and the risk that you take with a Granky or a Kershaw or a Scherzer, right? Like it's, it's an inherent risk that is, is to be expected. Now a guy like Granky, a guy like Scherzer, they've seemed to avoid the injury list for the better part of, of their thirties. Um, and, and now it's kind of coming to fruition. So unfortunate, Hopefully it's not the end for Granky. I think everybody has a soft spot for Granky somewhere, uh, but I, I think it is the end. Well, I think he's assuming he comes back. I, I think what he's been doing, which is just low ERA, trying not to hurt, is the, all that he can really offer us. The K's have been gone for a while, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. And and Seiya Suzuki with the Cubs, he's hit the IL as well. Um, Brad Miller did the same thing. Brad Miller, you know, less exciting, but he's one of those types of guys. Uh, Ty. Let's go. <laughs> Mickey Moniak. Here we go. Uh, I This is bound to happen. I mean, the Phillies need a spark. Uh, I was watching the um, their game against the Mets last night. Uh, it was the, the Sunday night game. And, you know, just a nobody wanted to win kind of kind of game. Uh, I don't know what Ottavino was doing to Castellanos in that last inning. Uh, but anyway, or not in the last inning, the eighth, I believe. But, you know, I think Philly's looking for a spark plug. Little lefty bat oppo power um, takes takes some of the, the stress off of uh, a double to be the guy in center field. And I just don't know that he's the everyday guy out there. And, and I think they want Moniac to find that. I've said that since the 2020 season. You know, it was obvious to me he was ready to take that big step. He did it in the spring. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna find it. I, I will say this: if you're picking him up in any fab or you picked him up yesterday. And you're expecting immediate success? Don't. You're gonna have a couple weeks of of slow build up to what he was in the spring. So he's not ready to face major league pitching right now, and you need to know that if you're owning Mickey Moniac. There we go. And Royce Lewis, who uh, I think he was up and down twice. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe um, it's um, uh, whoever's been called up and down. Anyway. Uh, Lewis is on the IL now. Cody Clemens, who is just like killing AAA, has been promoted by the Tigers. This could be an interesting short-term fix for a few guys, assuming, of course, he comes up and hits, which has been an issue for anybody who plays for Detroit this year. Um, And then Woodruff, who we've talked about 
he's been bad. Something's up. It's a leg injury, but he's out now as well on the IL. Um, and then Ty, another guy picked up in the home league, Ethan small. Uh, I picked him up cause I knew he had two starts this week because they said he was going to stick around in the rotation for a while because <laughs> Freddie, Freddie Peralta's out. So he's been, he's been a K machine in triple yeah. uh, a or I shouldn't say machine. He's just been a really good pitcher in triple a. So and, do you know that he got sent back down between games? Do you know that? Yet? Yeah. 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 Okay. He, well, but this is the same thing that happened with Libertor where right. uh, you, you don't ha- you're allowed to have one extra guy for that day or whatever it is. So you make it your starting pitcher. If you want to do this with small and then you just bring him up later in the week. Cause there's no point in leaving him up. If you can put him back down and suppress him, that is right. the MLB way, but it does look likely that he'll be back in the rotation for the weekend. Uh, Brady singer, I think was the exact same thing. He was up for either a double header, a rain day, something. He was up for a single start. And that's when he had his nine Ks, his brilliant start sent back down and then he's back up. And now he's just, he's going to be with the team unless something terrible happens. So, um, but either way, yeah. yeah. Like, and if he doesn't tie, if he is sent down for a bit, cause Libertor is back, um, with yep. St. Louis, if, if this does happen where he's gone for a couple of weeks, then I'm just going to go get me some of that. Uh, well, someone we're going to talk about a, a little further down here, but another one of your boys is Yu Chang DFA'd by Cleveland last week or Friday, whenever it was. Um, and look who picked him up. Pittsburgh. Oh no. That's right. <laughs> well, if, for those of you that are uh, O'Neill Cruz owners, this is a, this is bad. Um, Cause it just suggests that they don't think he's ready and that they're going to just keep that suppression train hot. Uh, and I, I just don't see O'Neill Cruz coming. I think that's the most important component of the Yu Chang to Pittsburgh outcome. Like, I don't think there's any other note. <laughs> It's not like he's gonna all of yeah. a sudden figure it out. <laughs> no, it's yeah, that's all. It's kicking the can, right? Just another guy. Now, the one guy who I guess we should just very briefly mention within Pittsburgh, figuring it out. Looks like Michael Chavis is just doing well this year. So for Shocking. anybody who's got him, yeah, anybody who's got him in those dynasty leagues where he probably was traded within your league once it seemed like his best days were behind him, and Ty was trying to tell you to hold on. If you did, if your rosters were allowed to, you know, if you could, if you could find a way, you now it looks like have a major league player on your hands. Um, not necessarily an all star, nothing like that, but a good major league player. And on a bad team, that's that's great for him. So yeah. uh, former AFL all star, I put all start because I'm great at spelling. Um, Nelson Velasquez of the Cubbies promoted. Uh, that obviously comes with Suzuki going on the IL. Uh, interesting move. Uh, I know Ty, you picked him up. I think you drafted him in one of the leagues where he wasn't um, previously rostered for us, one of our dynasty leagues. So, do you have any uh, high expectations for him, or do you think this is going to come in be learning curve time? Oh, it's for sure going to be learning curve. There's no questions about that. I mean, you know, you've got a power bat. You know, there's always a little bit of a curve. I'm I'm intrigued by the timing. It's kind of a weird timeline with Clint Frazier coming back off the the IL at about the exact same time. I, I know there's a double header today, so I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he's going back down after today. So that could be part of the ploy there. I, I don't think he's ready. He hasn't lit the world on fire uh in AAA. So I would I would expect him to go back down either tomorrow or, or late tonight. Um, but I think there's a bat here. I just, I think we're a year away to be honest. Okay. And that's fair. Um, there, there is for anyone interested in checking out the live stream, we are on YouTube. Um, and I have to, again, give Ty credit because the thumbnails are always brilliant, completely underrated and are deserving of hundreds of clicks. And I have watched some YouTube videos, Ty of fantasy baseball type analysts. 
and their screens look great, like their their um, intro, but it's typically just like one guy who's staring and clearly reading off of something, um, yeah. and and giving the same information that you could get if you just like clicked on their name and saw the top thing that came up in a Google search, not giving you insight, just giving you information. Um, and, and I even saw one that I, I couldn't believe it had, I think it had like 12,000 views on it for fantasy baseball on YouTube, which again, super small community out there. Um, and they were talking about like the top four or five guys to pick up, which is again, part of our topic for tonight. And I guess we'll just pick away at, at the topic as we go. But um, they were saying like, go pick up Rosny Contreras go pick up uh, Matthew Libertor. go like they were basically like everyone who's on MLB.com's top 100 who has been called up you should consider picking them up in your leagues and I'm like what <laughs> world is it that though that that's like good information that people are clicking on it you know and then you look at how many subscribers they have and for some of those guys they've got 20,000 subscribers and most of their videos get seven to 20,000 views which is insane when that's the information um, yeah. and, and for people who have said like, why are you on YouTube with the podcast or whatever? That's why, because there's good information out there. Now you gotta be able to listen to us for that period of time. We're not doing eight, 12 minute videos like those guys are. Um, but it's, it's just, it's insane to me that information can be out there like that. Um, you know, we're talking about Nelson Velasquez, what's reasonable to expect if he goes three for three, uh, or whatever, let's just say he, he hits 300 by the end of this week, whenever that next dude puts up their video. They're going to be like, you should consider Nelson Velasquez. You know like, it's too do? late, right? It's too we late. Should, we should run a test here. So every, let's start a new Twitter account. And every single day, all we do is we go to Yahoo. We look at the transaction trends. And we see who's added the most that day. And that's the tweet. Add this person today. Why don't we just oh. do that with the Dingers account? Because <laughs> then we'll probably lose followers. <laughs> well, we'll just say this is a test. This is this is a do you appreciate this information? That's a, that's a really annoying yes, no. test though. It's basically like betting ads on Sportsnet. <laughs> yeah, which uh, yeah, which if you're in Canada, it's that's all your Twitter feed ads are. Anyway, Anthony Redone on the IL, it just still hasn't come together for him with the Angels. That sucks. Another one of Ty's boys, Clint Frazier, back and looking to be a platoon bat to start with. And from what I've read, Ty, um, and looking at the Cubs lineup construction, it really depends on how Velasquez does in in this and if they would consider DHing um, Frazier to get the at bats up. But I feel like at this moment in time, 15 at bats is all he's going to get. And I thought going to Chicago was going to solve problems. It seems like it's more of the same for Clint Frazier. I, I kind of assumed that uh, he was going to sign a, like a really cheap three-year deal. I think he did himself a disservice by signing a one-year deal somewhere. Uh, Cause I'm sure somebody somewhere offered him two or three he needs development time with a new set of hitting coaches. Like that's a fact. Um, I'm sure, you know, Chicago seemed like a reasonable option at the time and yeah, betting on yourself's great, but you have no consistent track record. Right. So I think there's still a baseball player here. I really do. Um, he's unfortunately going to be a very late bloomer if he, if he does come through, but making decisions like he did this off season are certainly going to impact his career in a negative way, unfortunately. So uh, very similar to the next guy on the list who made a very poor career choice um, with the 80 game suspension for the performance enhancing drugs. I've picked them up everywhere. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but Carlos Martinez was cut by the Red Sox. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately for a guy that had a very promising arm, we've not seen what we wanted to see out of Carlos Martinez. Uh, the, the, the back and forth rotation, bullpen yo-yo that he experienced in st louis 
um, we're seeing again in Jordan Hicks, like, you know, that is the path that he's on, in my opinion, right now. I, I don't like what St. Louis is doing with some of their pitching right now. Yeah, uh, it was questionable too. on the offensive side, though. Sorry, Ty. It's it was questionable too when it was happening with Carlos Martinez because it was like, well, like if he's a starter, why aren't you starting him? And then it's like, well, just make him your closer. And then Alex Reyes, and now Aaron mm-hmm. Hicks. I don't know what it is that they think is helping because if you look at Cmart, you look at what Aaron Hicks is currently doing. You look at the fact that when healthy, Alex Reyes still was not able to like turn the switch. It's it's not a good thing. You just need like. And for a team that also has like um, Adam Wainwright as the poster child for consistent starts, five innings plus, how is it that they can play around with so many different pitchers? Like, are they just lucking out that they are still competitive? You know, like it just seems like they're doing everything against the grain without succeeding and then continuing to do it. Right. Well, they they play elite defense though. Like that's, yeah, that's true. Their pitching's not good. No, that's a good point. There's gold gloves all over, all over that, uh, that field. Yeah. Um, somebody who won't be winning a gold glove, uh, but is up with the Mets and might have a little bit of string went two for three today. So he is three for seven on the year with a dinger. Good for him. Uh, two dingers, mind you, is Nick Plummer, uh, fourth outfield option with the Mets. And like I said, could end up earning a bit more time. Um, I would absolutely consider him in deep leagues if he is not rostered because he's not in for a short period of time based on injuries and, you know, because Mets. So just consider Plummer as somebody who might be able to help you if you're needing outfield um, and obviously a cheap acquisition. If he's, if he's rostered, he would have been a giveaway 10 days ago in your league. And much like, ooh, much like Taylor Trammell, um, all of a sudden now he's got value because he's up and he, he didn't play terrible. Hey, Ty, in a league, I traded Akil Badu for Taylor uh, Trammell today, or Trammell, um, both guys were on the same contract, seconds, um, but with Badu kind of going the other way, you know, not playing well, demoted, and I think he's hurt. And uh, Taylor Trammell now up, and he was playing okay in AAA. But I also had to to get it done. I had to trade my 10th round pick in our prospect draft, or sorry, my 8th round pick for the other guy's 10th round pick. So I moved back essentially like 45 spots, something like that. Um, but... I'm I, and then I looked at my roster. And I'm like, oh crap! I've got five Seattle guys again. <laughs> so as much as I'm trying to wean myself off of Depoto's boys, I am still suckling at that teat. Sad as it may be. Yep, uh, it happens. Uh, Kevin Pillar doing defense things, winning a job. Uh, you know, basically probably from Cody Bellinger at some point here. Uh, there's definitely an issue in that outfield in in LA. It's not as deep as it once was. Uh, they have depth coming. The major league outfield right now isn't the best thing that we've seen in LA in in quite a while, actually. Um, so Kevin Pilar as as a you know a starter to me is a concern on a championship team. Now they're they're running away with that division already. They're they are the team to beat. Uh, but at the same time, like are are you concerned with the Dodgers? I'm I'm concerned with Pilar because he always comes up, does his like one month and a half of like hitting the ball really well. And then he, he disappears again. So I'm assuming that's what we're going to see. And or he already did that in in AAA. But where are you sitting here with Kevin Plyer? Well, yeah, I mean, he was hitting well over 300 in AAA, which in his minor league career, he is a 300 plus hitter in AAA. It's when you get to the show and there's more movement on the ball that he's been struggling. But I kind of feel like this was a two and a half million, million dollar bet because that's what Pilar was guaranteed by um 
being promoted or, or yeah, being promoted, put on the 40 man was that he would get two and a half million for the year. I think this is the Dodgers saying, I think you are no worse than our fifth outfielder, final bench guy. And if there's a trade partner out there because of whatever happens with health or, or player performance, that's fine. But Max Muncie is on the IL and I believe it's going to be a long one. Um, it might also require a rehab assignment. However, and the only reason I'm saying that is that he has been hitting very poorly for a while. So they might want to let him go and maybe use 10 of those 20 days or whatever it is. Um, you know, the, the teams, one thing Muncie's doing really well is he's walking, um, but he also has terrible contact. So what do you do in that situation? <laughs> you know, um, like, like he's good and he's bad. And, and that's just the thing. Whereas with Pilar, like you said, he's kind of an all or nothing. Now, the one thing he'll give you every single time, he will give you all right defense. Uh, yeah. he will, he will make a play and, and this is critical Jays fan who watched him for a long time. He will make a play that everyone's really impressed with, but then when it gets the advanced analytic eye to it, it's like, oh, it's because he did something out of the gate that didn't help him. Right. He didn't take, uh, the right first step or whatever it was. I remember for a while, he was the most efficient at getting to the ball. Uh, but he was also not fast enough. You know, he didn't do the first step or whatever, but he just had like the most direct route to a ball. So that allowed him to kind of make plays and things like that. And again, he's a professional baseball player. I really appreciate the fact that he could have opted out twice to try to latch on somewhere else, but he wanted to stay where he is. I don't know if he is a California boy. I think he is. Um, so it was sure probably, yeah, it was probably a bit of comfort for him. And he's made, he's made some money in baseball. Hopefully he's done good things with it. And this is an opportunity for him to extend his career. And I do certainly wish him well. And hopefully any fantasy owners out there, um, you haven't been holding him this long, <laughs> but if you have <laughs> now, I really hope you get to cash in. Um, Ty, here's the big one though. This is the big hot news. This is genuine hot news. Um, this is the fam V Peterson in the fantasy baseball feud. So I am going to read this quote verbatim. Uh, from John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle. The incident took place Friday, uh, sorry, during Friday's batting practice with Peterson telling reporters that Pham approached Peterson in the outfield and eventually slapped him across the face during the confrontation, which I saw a video of. Very rough, but I've seen the video of it. Adding to the bizarre nature of the situation, Peterson said Pham was upset over a past dispute in a fantasy football league from over a year ago. Based on what players were or weren't allowed to be placed on the injured reserve list as per the fantasy league's rules. And fam had a different take, which I, I honestly, I don't care because I've since heard Peterson talk about it in more depth. And basically what he said was on game day, if a player's not in the lineup, you're allowed to put them on an injured reserve. So he had like a kicker or something like that. And he ended up putting a guy on the injured reserve and then picked another player up to like put in his lineup and then fam called him out on it. And then Peterson did like the um, smart thing of taking a screenshot of the league rules, posting it in the group text chat and said, it's not in our rules that you are not allowed to do it. And I love it. I love that this is in MLB. Uh, like I know that there are every, every team has uh fantasy like every pro sport team i'm sure except football has fantasy baseball leagues within them and they're big money leagues like i have heard of ten thousand dollar buy-ins and things like that um amongst a bunch of mlbers who you know play fantasy football and it's it's big news and that's what fam was saying was that that was a big money league and it was bush league that he did it but peterson said and this was my favorite part peterson said that tommy fam had a guy that he had done the exact same thing with and he was complaining about the fact that jock was doing it and i'm like oh my god it's like roto ronnie is in that league <laughs> tommy <laughs> fam who he likes 
is so Rotorani is Tommy Pham, uh, fantasy baseball to fantasy football. So anyway, I thought that was great. Do you have a side on this one, Ty? Peterson well, I'm gonna, of the I'm, rules, said it within the rules. I'm definitely taking Tommy Pham's side just in case I run into him at a bar. Yeah, um, you, he's the I guy he, I'm more concerned always, with. <laughs> but honestly, he always plays the victim, right? He's you know he's always getting stabbed. Uh, this was his first time striking. <laughs> uh you know at the end of the day the the thing that i will say is that this seems too stupid for the things that have come out in these either side of this argument to be the actual reason like there has to be something more here and but i and hope this is, not i hope it is about fantasy football i hope it is i hope it's that petty but I, i'm gonna say that it's not um so what about you are yeah. you i assume you're on the peterson side I'm on the Peterson side because he went out of his way to screenshot the rules and say, look, it's within the rules. And as people will often say in leagues that I'm in, um, I do everything I can to play uh, on the line of the rules. But it's not that I'm trying to do that. It's just that if it's available and you can do it right, like if, if we were allowed to put players who were not starting, even like guys that suck, right? If instead of putting them on our bench, we could put them on our IL, I'd be all over that. Like that would be <laughs> that would be great. It's essentially just increasing your bench size for that, whatever that period is. So. I, I'm not against it, but um, anyway, that, that's enough of that. Uh, we have the players who need a new organization list, and um, we didn't have any new names to add to it. And I will say Jose Siri was on the list or is on the list as uh, somebody who needs to maybe find a new place to play. And Houston's giving him a little bit more, and he's doing a little bit more with it, but it's it's still like we're not seeing 20 at-bats a week from Jose Siri. So I'm still on that one. We do have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Luis Garcia with Washington, and that's just because he's doing really well in AAA and should probably be up because the Nats like should let him play instead of having Wiley Vets as middle infielders. Um, Joe Adele, Vidal Bruyan, Bobby Bradley, Kevin Bijou is up and playing. Um, but I, I want to note Brad yeah. or Bijou really quickly. Like some decent at bats on the weekend. I watched a lot of the Jays LA series this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, I. I feel like that's the Bijou that we want to see. Grinded out a couple at bats. He did take a fastball down the middle without swinging, which was sweet. Uh, but he had a couple big hits. Uh, he hustled. He created a couple runs with speed. So, you know, there's a player here. He's not going to start. He's not going to give you 600 at bats at this point, at least not with Toronto. But I, I think there's a guy here that's going to fit one of two categories. He's going to be a, a decent left-handed bat off the bench because you can't tell me it makes more sense to keep Tapia and Bradley Zimmer in that lineup right. um, than yeah. to keep Biggio and one of those guys. Um, or he's going to be traded. And that's probably, in my mind, the more likely because there's some upside to that tool as a major league player, and, and it's going to help the Jays win a trade somehow. Um, so I think that's the more likely outcome here. And, and I think they've probably told him that based on what, they're saying on the broadcast, but I, I'm going to be considering adding him in spots in in dynasty formats because oh, wow. I see I see a trade possibility coming. Now, okay, if there's bad contracts, I'm not getting him, but I see him as a guy that could go to another spot, get a longer runway, and have some success. Okay, well, that's interesting because it would be neat to see him. Um, well, I guess if you're considering that, that kind of means that he hello. It's me. Team, I mean, team post hype. I'm going to take right? this away from you. Um, but yes, great <laughs> use of the team post hype sound, but 
Um, Thank you. I've been just, hovering over buttons because I'm not used to you activating it. Yeah. So it caught me completely off guard. But well, when uh, I came in, when I came in, just so everyone knows here, unofficial ad for Streamyard. When I came into Streamyard, it's so easy to use that when Ty's like, "I'm going to trust you to do this." Last week with Ronnie, and I'm like, "I can do it." And then I, what I was really thinking was, "I can't do it." Um, but <laughs> when I saw just how easy they made everything, and I mean, Ty, you're the one who did the work and set all this up. Um, it's just a quick click and and we're in you know we're on we're moving so i really appreciate the fact that it's still there so when i came into the chat today and i still had these powers now i feel like i must and I, if i could figure out how to add i know there's a button that says add clip that's beyond my capabilities um but i'm excited for it so i guess ty before we talk top prospects let's do what we said we were going to do and discuss um the sites and places that people are, are trusting and kind of how, yeah. how we feel about it. So off the top, do you have an opinion um, in a general way about sites and things like that? Cause I can get into the minutia a little bit more with my scenario that ticked me off last week afterwards. I look at no site with complete authority, right? Like nothing, there's not a site out there that I rely on for any reason. What, what I do more often than not um now, actually, let me start with like J2, right? Like the youngest of players that we ever look at. I'm pulling video for J2. I don't trust anybody, you know, to to have that. I will say Badler is pretty good at flagging high-profile guys that I'll do a little more homework on. Uh, he doesn't really give you the inside of who's good, who's going to be great, or any right. sort of projection. He's just saying, here's a guy that's going to be notable, um, which is what I like because then I can do my own homework from there. So that's to how he's going to handle that. Yeah. Sorry, Ty, just to add to Ben Byler, to his credit, he will also state that um, he will have conversations with scouts and this has been a consensus and he does yeah. or does not agree with that. And yes, and Mora Bell, who would be a, uh, a Rangers prospect, was somebody that when he talked about him two years ago, I remember looking into him a lot and I was like, hey, there's video of him. <laughs> so just like you said, you look at video, I was like, Hey, look at this. And I'm like, Oh, wow. The whole five tool thing is really difficult to deal with in our world. But the idea of looking at somebody being like, that's a pretty good build for a kid. Look at how well he moves. And I was like, I am going to try to scoop him up wherever I can. And now he's shot up on the overall kind of baseball prospect rankings as a potential actual MLB -er. and I think he's 18 right now. So that's just a case in point where Badler's like, this is like a consensus thing. I agree with it. I think he's got a lot of potential. And I was like, well, right, and I mean, I mean we've, we've, we've seen Moneyball a hundred times, but you know, the line about he's got a body, right? I mean, that, that is right. what you see in a lot of the J2 market is like, this guy could be a great athlete. Like you look like a Lou Bob kind of guy. Like there's a guy that had all of the raw tools and he developed into a very realistic five tool guy at the major league level but there's hundreds of guys that could have been Lubop that aren't. And so that's what you have to watch for. What I really like to look for in those formats. So really quick aside here, um, mm -hmm. I'm looking for game at bats. If I can find that in right. a J two guys where it's mm -hmm. not just some guy feeding fastballs and him hitting it a hundred miles in the, in the Island wind that is driving it over the fence, right? Like that doesn't impress me. I want to see balance. I want to see a plate approach. Those sort of things are what I'm looking for in the video. Um, and it's it's done well for me in terms of J2 scouting. But when we go to the next level, like the collegiate guy or even the high school prep arms and that sort of thing, um, to me, I'm looking at um, data that's out there, right? You're starting to see a lot of um, different organizations in the United States um, 
be able to profile some of these guys and, and have some historical data now. You can see high school numbers. You can see college numbers, right? And you can see progression. And I talked about this a lot in the minor leagues, Robbie. Like those are the guys that I'm looking for is the guys that are making huge adjustments. And it's obvious in their data. So that's kind of what I do. So when it comes to the platforms, like I'm not using the platforms because that's my method, right? And so when it comes to guys that have been drafted, I surf MILB.com, right? I go through the scores every couple of nights and I go back a couple of days if I've missed a couple of days and I'm just watching guys that I've got my eye on or guys that I'm seeing trending, right? Um, and there's a guy that you don't have on your list here that uh, another guy gets talked about. He's on your list way, way more. But I think the guy that I'm going to bring up is actually the more valuable fantasy asset. Um, but I don't think enough people are talking about him and they should be. Uh, and we'll get to that in a bit, but that's kind of my three things. So for me, I take in almost no content, right? I, I look and I watch just briefly and I send you screenshots every now and then of stupid things that other people right. post. Right. But you know, which is why I thought part, this was a good topic for us because we do um, like to kind of laugh at the silly tweets or dumb tweets, whatever you want to say that we'll see out there uh, for the first time. I will safely say in months I engaged back after I saw a very dumb tweet and I thought maybe we need to discuss this because I'm sure others see some name pop up on a tweet, which is one of the reasons why I've really cut down some of the random tweets that I would do because I would then get a couple DMS following up because again, a lot of people don't like to respond publicly if they want to tell you that you're wrong or if they are genuinely curious about your opinion, they want to just ask you privately. Um, but when I saw this particular tweet, I thought, man, like I can't not like, this is just the site. This guy's with is too prominent in my mind for what we do as a dynasty podcast that I can't just let this stand. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. we've been, we've been talking about it for years now. Like this is something neither of us agree with like the clickbait that's out there because there's so many people and, and you look at dynasty ranks alone, like it's a phenomenal center point of this topic. Like you can't give somebody a reliable dynasty like list if you're going to update it every six weeks, right? Like that's not a dynasty list. Dynasty is long-term outlook. So if you're adjusting your list every six weeks, you're not very good at the outlook. That's just the reality, right? We're starting to see more and more of that become a, a part of the dynasty world or even part of the rejaft formats. You're seeing those platforms now, you know, project towards that dynasty format. So I know for me, I stay away from those lists. Honestly, there's, there's 10 to 30 people that if you're listening right now and you're going to a platform to to bring in information, whether it's Yahoo or ESPN or MLB.com or one of the fantasy platforms, any of those, you're better off asking 10 to 30 different Twitter creators about their thoughts on guys. You'll get way more out of it. Engage with Rob and I. I know we, Rob, you and I probably both have guys that regularly DM us to ask for advice. Uh, we're happy to do it. We're happy to do like share it, but please just tweet at us, right? Like we want other people to see this stuff because there's way too much. And if you want us to tell your league mates that it's a bad idea and we were lying to you, just tell us that. We'll we'll absolutely lie if you rely on us. Yeah, and I mean, so my particular scenario here is with a guy Ross Jensen, and just full like guy guys an editor for Dynasty Guru, which is a site that. Um, I think has a paywall up now. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't go to it. I just know that they have a good, um, 
reputation within Dynasty, which of course is where we are. Um, and then he has an association with the website scoutthestatline.com. So there you go, Ross. Some free promotion as I crap on you. Also, uh, <laughs> at Ross Jensen 12 is the Twitter uh, because I, I couldn't take it. I saw the tweet that says, uh, you know, as Kenny Rogers says, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and no one to walk away with no, no one to run. And he says, I just traded Khalil Watson straight up for James Wood. And I couldn't take it. The take made no sense to me. Like, there's nothing good about saying I just traded a guy who was basically a consensus top five first round pick in prospect drafts last year, who I think went 14th overall is where it went to Miami Mm -hmm. um, and signed and then had a great rest of season and has been playing. I think two and a half years is the average age. uh, Sorry, he's been playing at two and a half years, two and a half years younger than the average age of the league he's in now, which is the Florida state league, which is a notorious pitcher league. So pitchers do very well there. And, um, wood on the other hand is not at all in that. He, I think he's in Texas or somewhere out that way, which just basically it's a, it's a more friendly league for him and he's doing better. And the argument that the guy came back was, uh, him and some other dude, uh, Ken Balderson, whatever, Ken in Toronto. He's a Toronto guy, so that's fine. Also, he's the lead prospect analyst for Dynasty Guru, which tells me all I need to know about Dynasty Guru when that is what I'm I'm getting back, is that a guy with 130 at-bats in his first year of A-ball has a 42% K rate and only 6% walk rate. That's what he's saying. Khalil Watson's now essentially a bust because as a 19-year-old playing against primarily 21-year-old and older players, he is um, not able to hit the pitching at that level. And it just it just screwed me the wrong way because you're essentially saying, um, I, ho- I hope that site at no point in time was promoting him because he was drafted less than a year ago. As a professional, he has less than 250 at-bats. And, uh, and the first half of those were elite at-bats. And he was still, I think, three years younger on average than the age he was against last year when he debuted. And it just ticked me off because that's a site that I think has a podcast and does a bunch of things all about dynasty um, fantasy sports. So primarily baseball, football. Uh, but it just, it it ticked me off because I know people will trust that site. Like I've, I've been on the site, you know, before years past. And I just think, why did they want to jump ship this quickly? It's dynasty, like Ty just said. Just play it out just say you know what i'm I'm a little concerned early on right because we could go through and die like we talked about we look at stats we could go through and look at stats of players who struggled and uh, had high k rates and things like that and then sorted it out but they had 400 at bats at that level you know the first 200 were rough then they got it right uh aaron judge is a prime example of that no clue watson is i'm not saying that's the comparison i'm saying that's a site that's one of those guys who that site must based on the comments from those two gentlemen they must have been like, oh, that's it. I'm done with Aaron Judge. You know, yeah. not interested. Well, I mean, I mean, the reality is, like, I'm a Khalil Watson guy. You know that. I, I believe he was the yeah, best player. I've got him in at last... least one, I think two yeah. leagues. Yeah. Like, I mean, Wood is a guy that could be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I think he has exactly the same problems that Khalil Watson does right now uh, in the swing and miss game. So the, the argument doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, but. I, I will take Khalil Watson all day, every day, over every single player that was drafted last year. Um, that's I, I will say that till I'm blue in the face uh, at this point in time, unless something drastically changes. So I'm one-sided in this one, Robbie. I, I will be. I do like James Wood. I just I don't like him enough to even intrigue myself into what uh, whether I would consider that conversation or how many players I would need to add to James Wood's side to, to move Khalil Watson. 
Yeah, and and to to the point that I was kind of making was if if you're trying to say that the player you don't think that you know player X, which will be Watson in this case, is going to achieve the same as the player you're training for, player Y, the value on the market is not one for one at this moment in time. I don't think that there's a league out there outside of this this guy who said he just made the one for one trade. I don't think there's a league out there where the guy would be like. Oh, I don't want to make this move, right? They're both teenagers, a first and a second. I think a second round pick was Wood or, or later in the first, whatever it was. Um, they're within, you know, 50 MLB picks of each other. But the hype is all on on Watson. So what this guy's saying is that, yes, I, I represent this site and that site publicly because it's on your Twitter profile. So you can't say you don't. Um, you're essentially saying that this is a take that I think is kind of like, you know, at a professional content creator level. And that's why I we, we find... Um, a lot of guys who are out there creating contents and, and tweets and things like that are doing a disservice to serious players. And it just finally kind of irked me after seeing enough of them. Cause it's a lot like the Anthony um, Volpe. Is that right? Volpe, sorry. Yeah, Volpe. Volpe stuff where everybody was going nuts with him in the off season. I'm like, well, why do we need to get like crazy excited about him? And we're going to talk about him shortly. Um, but it's, it's just something where, like you said, Ty, there people are taking a redraft approach to dynasty as far as rankings and things like that go they're constantly tweaking them instead of saying yeah. here it is this is my mountain and we are going to wait and see what rocks chip and fall down further the other ones that graduate off and then we're going to we're going to make adjustments but it shouldn't be landscape adjustments and in that field where you don't constantly make adjustments there will be players who come up from way further down the list or off the list and make impacts now some of those guys are the 25 plus year olds who come up, Jared Walsh is one of those guys um, who's done it in the past where, you know, kind of came up and, and snuck up on people. But what that does every time it happens for me is it makes me dive deeper into um, results in, in minor league baseball. And it makes me look at depth charts with a lot more seriousness than I previously have. And then when you see, you know, a Stephen Kwan, it's like all off seasons, like, well, he's on the cusp, right? Like, I know he's never played in MLB, but I just don't trust Cleveland. I don't trust how they handle outfielders. I don't, you know, I don't trust a lot of things about them. So I kind of went the other way on it. And then when he was doing great in April, I was like, man, what a good start. Like, good for him, right? Like, I'm okay to be wrong on him because so many people are saying it's great. But I still don't know that, you know, Stephen Kwan is like a top 25 prospect, but he's not on any lists at that point in time. It's just that everyone's skipping over the prospect fact and they missed him, right? They missed him as a prospect. Uh, but you well, get sites like Prospects Live, they got everybody. Prospects 1500, hey, they have 1500 prospects. They're going to get those guys. It's a matter of are they ranked 700th <laughs> and, you know, they come up 600 spots? Well, that doesn't make sense, right? How did that help you in your dynasty league if they did that from like a three month period of time? Yeah. Well, I agree. And that's really the big thing that's that's missing in the industry is like, and you and I have talked about this in great detail. It's why we keep our ranks on a five-year turn because there's no accountability for these lists, these prospect right. gurus, all these guys that are just getting you to click and be intrigued for a guy like Volpe. But nobody's talking about Volpe right now. He's hitting 203, right? Nobody's talking about how maybe we overhyped him as he made his first appearance at Double A. Now, there's no obvious adjustment that's going to happen in the upper tiers, but nobody wants to talk about the possibility of that slowing the 27 home runs that he hit last year. Like to right. me, like it suggests that, you know, he might've been in, in high a too long last year, right. It might've been 
too long for his development and he overachieved. So a 5'11, 180 guy that hits 27 home runs at double A is impressive, right? But I don't see him hitting 27 home runs this year. I bet he settles in at around 20. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see the recoil in the ranks next year uh, as to how high they have him. Um, I'd love to see it. I, I have no issues with with his success or or him being a guy. It's just too early to anoint him. And we just saw this with Wander Franco, like great baseball player. Nothing wrong with Wander Franco. However, is he God's gift to baseball? He's not. And so that's the conversation that we see more often than not is that these guys are the can't miss types. Um, and, and to me, those don't really exist outside of a very, very small percentage, you know, Sotos, Guerreros, um, Trouts. I mean, Trout wasn't a can't miss until he literally made it to the pros. But, you know, at the at the same time, there's only a handful of that caliber of player. And, and we talk about another. Yeah. Yeah. And we but we talk and, about those guys in the fantasy community like they're every other. Right. And that's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. In, yeah. In all of Major League Baseball's, um, you know what 1200 give or take you know you got your 40-man rosters whatever your 1200 players who are who are there or on the cusp or hurt or whatever um you got 1200 guys and sometimes in the prospect landscape people make you think that there there's room in the top 200 for 50 new guys next year and that's not at all how it works and wander franco is a perfect example of a guy who started the year really hot Finished last year perfectly fine, like in what, 281 at-bats, I'm going to tell you right now. Guy had seven dingers and two stolen bases and a 288 average. That is not special. And if you if you said, well, times that by two, right? Give him a full season. So 14 dingers, four stolen bases, um, runs and RBIs would have been, he, he would have been a 100-run guy, that which is great. Uh, wouldn't have had 80 RBIs if we just doubled it straight up, right? Doubled it. An 810 OPS. 288 average. He is an above average major league player in his rookie campaign, which is great. I'm not saying he's not this year. At this point in time, we are 174 at bats in. He has a 706 OPS, a 259 average. Wander Franco is still going to be a good major league player. Like Ty said, um, not necessarily going to be somebody who wins you a league, especially not this early in his career. Vlad Guerrero jr. Exact same scenario. Acuna came out flying. Soto came out flying. Um, that's the reason why everybody gets crazy for prospects. And when pitchers come up and get hurt or have a bad track record, people really recoil on it. And some guys that we can, I guess, start to work our way into the list of places. Um, Brent Honeywell is one of those guys who was on all the lists right up at the top. Injuries, injuries, injuries. It hasn't been performance, and it wasn't until last year. But the Brent Honeywell that pitched last year was not the Brent Honeywell that was getting picked as a top five prospect pitcher three, four, five years ago. You know, Brent Honeywell oh. that's pitching and recovering now is just trying to be a pro ball player, not well, a guy, next guy. And a guy that kind of uh, went through the Volpe kind of up and down already is uh, Marco Luciano in San Francisco, right? Like that's a guy that was like number one on some lists like, like two years ago. Uh, last year had a major hyped. recoil, right? They were out on Luciano last year, right? A lot of people. And now, guess what? He's starting to perform again. And he's a guy. He's absolutely a guy. Um, yeah. And so those are the kind of guys that you have to be careful for. You have to watch your platform. You have to watch consistently if you are following those people to make sure that they'll have a pattern, right? You, and you have to watch for whether they're recoiling on those guys. 
So Luciano, just so everyone knows that high this year, 300 average, eight dingers and 130 at bats. So there you go. Um, that's why you don't go too crazy one way or the other when you are, again, as we've said before, you can get into um, K rate, walk rate, which was part of the thing with the dynasty guru thing was they were trying to say a 40% K rate. Sure. But that's a really small sample. I don't know anyone who after 130 at bats at a new level would say, oh, guy's not going to be able to make it. You know, <laughs> like that's just not enough time to say, I guess, it, well, the Yankees with Clint Frazier, but they just kept sending him out anyway. Um, yeah. And he's not going to make it. And then Frazier got better. And then he's not going to make it. And he got better. And then they're like, eh, get him out of here. So anyway, that that was just one of those case in points where you need to just take the long lens. And I feel like out there and, I, you know, Ty, obviously you agree. Um, people aren't are saying prospects when they're when they're talking to you, but they're looking at them as if this is the do or die year. So like everybody who's doing well, that's under 25, let's say um, they can get hyped and everybody that's, you know, 23 or older, it's really approached with caution, but there is that 23, 24 where you can kind of like be taking the next steps, be ready to go, be ready to take off. Um, but we've seen high school guys, uh, Jared Kelnick and high school guys mean high school drafter guys who, and Kelnick's a prime example of, um, hot off the start from the prospect thing. Everybody said, can't miss, can't miss, can't miss, got called up. And now we're seeing the, the fact that it's very difficult. We've seen it, you know, over a decade ago, we saw it with Travis Snyder, where it was like a po small, very small pocket of success. And it went away. Baseball is really frigging hard. And when you got a target on your back, it makes it even harder. Right. So right. you've got some guys who can come out of nowhere, kind of rise up. And then you've got other guys who have been, you know, target on their back. Um, but another case in point would be Spencer Torkelson, who, uh, has like a 190 average after play tonight and four home runs. And I'm going to make the comparison now tie to him and, um, Andrew Vaughn. I think both guys were up when everyone's like, it's time. They need to be up. This is, this is their time to do it. And maybe, maybe they're not ready. You know, maybe 500 at bats at AAA isn't a bad thing. And. I don't think that any MLB teams like, yeah, I totally think that is the way to do it. You know, like Greg Vaughn said before, um, Greg Vaughn, no, Greg Zahn, Zahn. There we go. Um, he, he said that he liked how it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago when you would master this level, like a, and you would go up to double a and you would master or be like the best at your, your level. And you would go up to the next one. And then you waited, you waited at triple a until it was your turn. It wasn't like, force the promotion kind of thing where like, like, and, and not the player force. Of course the player needs to be the one that forces it. They need to perform, but it's, it's like, you've got to force the major league team's hand to bring you up. And at that point in time, you're not necessarily going to be a starter, but now the, the mentality is new shiny toy. And that's where you get a guy like Torkelson who was drafted in 20, no 2019. And everyone's like, get him up, get him up. And now, you know, we see what's happening right now. Right. And even if he turns it around, Second half, he's got so many at-bats under his belt right now that his season line is going to look weird. But what's going to end up happening is everyone's going to say, well, in the second half, this happened. You know, yeah. so like they're, they're just going to try. And then at a certain point, they'll be like with Kelnick. And not, I'm not saying that Torkelson's not going to be a good pro. I'm saying the amount of time it takes really makes the prospect shine wear off. But people who are talking to you at length about prospects are like, oh, I'm done with him. On to the next one. Oh, I'm done with him. On to the next one. They forget to say, oh, I know I was wrong. And this is what I've learned about it. Whereas like what we're trying to do tonight is kind of discuss that through some of these dudes. So um, Ty, do you have another another fun, exciting prospect, a, a top prospect headed into this year to discuss? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I've said it. I'll, I'll hit this one first because I said it a lot during the offseason. Shane Baz is the guy that I absolutely am head over heels for. Uh, I, I still feel this way. You know, to his credit, Shane McClanahan has taken a lot of the praise in Tampa Bay, deservedly so. He's been fantastic. Uh, Leading MLB in K's. Oh, yeah. Well, and a, and a guy that we flagged last year during. Uh, Yeah, that's oh, for blasting my ears oh earlier. Oh my god! Holy horse hair, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that are listening on the podcast and have no idea what just happened, uh, that was the spring training statistics uh, booming uh, soundbite there. Um, but Shane Bass uh, is a guy that I expect to come back. McClanahan came on for me in a big way in the spring last year. Um, there was obviously some progression for him, and it showed. Uh, I know you guys took your shot at me last week's episode um, to hammer in on the spring statistics. It's clearly above <laughs> you guys. Said. It's fine. No big deal. Um, but <laughs> No, no, because I, I stated that I think what happened to me this offseason because of the the delayed start, I put for the first time ever, I put some legitimate weight into spring training results. Now, this is weighted. I got to say that. Um, it would be guys like Armas Garcia with Cincinnati, uh, Kyle Higgy-Yosha with the Yankees. Uh, catchers, of course. That You know that's my passion. Kansas City pitchers <laughs> and MLB catchers. Those are my two passions. Um, but the reason was that I was looking for catchers. So who, yeah. what am I going to focus on? Well, guys that have the stat line in the spring and then thinking like, well, it looks like Garcia could make his uh the, the reds and i didn't know the reds were gonna be like three and 18 out the gate and garcia wasn't gonna get to play a lot and it wasn't until stevenson took some time off that garcia actually got like some play jose herrera i think is the name of the guy with uh arizona who's like this guy can take at bats like a looks like a professional hitter and he's got rookie eligibility i'm interested um yeah. it was those types of spring training guys who i was referring to that i was looking to and the ones that had disappointed um because that that was easy because you weren't there to defend yourself. So, you know, if you want to have well, a kid, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, the reality is, and I, and I welcome anyone to sit and watch a spring training game with me and do it as a live stream. And I'll walk you through what I'm looking for. It's easy to do. Um, there's very simple things that I've learned over many years of coaching and other things that I'd be happy to share. But uh, Shane Baz, for me, uh, he only pitched, I think, two and a third or maybe even less than that. Um, but was dominant in his first rehab appearance at AAA. Uh, so for me, Baz is a guy that I'm excited to see get back to the pros. Um, I hope that they let him get stretched out in the minor leagues before they bring him up and platoon him like Tampa Bay likes to do with the starting pitching. I think they are going to be cautious with his innings for obvious reasons. So I think you're going to see a lot of five-inning five outings. So if you're in a league where you're chasing quality starts, like – you might want to be careful um, with an expectation around Baz, but I, I, I love Baz. Like, I think this is a future Cy Young guy. I'll stand by that. I just wanted to flag him quickly. Another guy that I think fits a similar mold, um, certainly hasn't had a, as good a start to his career. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, we've talked about him in the past. Stuff's electric. Um, he's throwing from like a certain amount of feet at this point. I forget exactly how far. Uh, I really don't <laughs> care to be honest. It ain't 60 but feet. Six inches. Getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing it without getting hurt, which is a win at this stage for Sixto Sanchez. 
Uh, there's still an ace here if he can stay healthy. But at this point in his career, is he Anderson Espinoza? Uh, or is he a guy that is going to come off of the injury trail? Uh, Espinosa did get the call today in Chicago. I don't know if he got an inning. I haven't had a chance to check, but he got called oh. up for the for the doubleheader today uh, oh, as the good. 27th man. So I assume they're going to use him. There we go. You don't bring a yeah. 27th man up to not use him, but um, I, I haven't had a chance to look at how he's done. But those are the two guys I want to touch on, Robbie, and then I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, sure. I got Adley Rushman up next with Baltimore. And, and- I mean, we, again, you know, everyone here knows my developing love of catchers. Um, We had talked about the fact that this is just a really bad fantasy investment. And we know that people were taking him 1-1 in drafts. And we know that he went 1-1 in the actual draft uh, with Baltimore. But the fact that he was being taken first overall, I think this was 2019, which would mean that Torkelson was 2020. And whatever, I'm, I'm only wrong or off by a year so everybody just calm down i've been drinking and that's part of the fun of the podcast all right um you have yourself some guinness and you leave dr- us alone you dr- yeah you drink don't poke the bear and you make stands about other people's judgments and then you say forgive mine i've been drinking uh but anyway rushman in 35 at bats has seven hits which is an improvement for him because prior to tonight he had a 167 average and an OPS of um, 519 with nothing, no runs, no RBIs, and that's what he's going to wait. Or sorry, he'll wake up tomorrow with four runs, which is what he had before, um, but no RBIs and no no home runs. And it's yeah. not ideal, but he also was going in to a team that sucks that I don't even know if they are still trying to win now, but some of the guys who I thought were going to be better on Baltimore have not yet been. Um, weird things like uh, Mateo, is it Mateo, yeah, playing um, shortstop for them and stealing bases and going like 0 for 20 and then six for eight and then back to 0 for 20, like just so, n- not helping. Yep. Real quick, uh, just to backpedal on to Espinosa for you got an Espinosa update. Hits. Oh, I'm yeah, yep, two hits, two runs, two earned, three walks, but six strikeouts. So, a pretty How long reasonable did he pitch? four innings. So oh, okay. four innings is notable, right? That means Good for him. That means to me that there's there's a hope at this point that he might stay, right? I don't see a 27th man being added and being used for four innings um, unless they're now going to think about him. Now, the thing I don't know is that Smiley pitched three innings. So did Smiley get hurt? That's the question that I have. Um, why he would only throw three innings where he didn't give up a hit and no earned runs. That is a, a question mark. I don't know the answer to that. But I got a question for you, Ty. Bring it. Um, so there's there. We, I just noticed this now. I just this moment, and I I'm bringing it up. I want to know, please, at Dinger's Pod. I will screenshot this trade and I will put it up and I will say your thoughts. I'm going to open it to everybody. I'm going to leave it up for is a. This week, the 11 so. man trade. This yes, I just saw it right now. So a, a serial trader in your league, your, your dynasty league is a guy who makes trades for the sake of making trades. They are great for your league because they are active. One of the, one of the downfalls of serial traders is sometimes they can just hit you over the head with a million terrible offers. And then you can get into that Bobby territory. We've talked about Bobby, depending on how long you've been listening to us. Bobby's of your league are the guys who offer you um, your gold for their garbage. And they do it at nauseum and they don't try to justify it. And they're just bad for your league mojo. So it doesn't mean they're not good fantasy players. That's their method. 
Like they'll find someone who doesn't understand and they will get them into that pitfall. But I just saw this trade. So this is what, this is a contracts league. So I don't know exactly how many years are left for some of these guys, but anyone who I'm going to say right now that is a prospect has six years of control. And anyone who is not a prospect has four or less. So one team traded away, Nick Senzel, Trevor Rogers, and Joey Votto. And Joey Votto is, I think, still not even hitting 170. I believe that is true. Um, and in exchange, excuse me, for those three players, Mitch Keller, Colby White, Ricky Tiedemann, who I think we talked about on a previous podcast. If not, he was the third round pick of the Jays. He was first in the third round, by the way. Um, and he is murdering in uh, rookie ball. Gavin Sheets, uh, Davison De Los Santos, Owen Casas, who's with the Cubbies, was traded last year. Christian Hernandez, who was a top J2 pick two years ago. And Kevin Alcantara, who's one of those really toolsy type dudes that the Cubs also have, all went back in that deal. I don't know how in the hell they got to this many dudes, but I kind of love it. I love I, there's I this much movement. Yeah, yeah, like I love that there's this much movement and there are 100% um, going to be two happy teams at the end of this because one team just loaded up on a bunch of potential, which is always great. And the other team got somebody in Joey Vada, who I think they're they're counting on to be better rest of contract. And Trevor Rogers, who they need to be steady Eddie, and Nick Senzel, who they need to be steady Eddie. Um, but there's also the Mitch Keller factor, which could be absolute garbage or could turn out to be potentially a useful player at some point in time. But that's a lot of moving parts in a dynasty league. So I'm going to screenshot it. I'm going to put it up at the Dingers Pod one and just ask people for their thoughts. Because um, I, I like the trade, to be honest. Because I mean, yeah. if I'm being blunt, like I'm, I'm not excited about the future for. Uh, Trevor Rogers. I mean, I, I said this during the offseason. I said it last year. Um, I, I just don't see him as as the guy that everyone else thought was elite last year. I just don't think he's an elite guy. I think he's a great SP4. But I, I think the value, if you're a rebuilding team, you got for three okay guys going away. I, I think that's a good trade, to be honest, in a dynasty format. Yeah, I certainly don't find it to be terrible considering sometimes people go nuts over these trades, but my God, just all those moving parts, all those moving parts yeah, and a ton of prospects. It. None of the prospects that were just dealt are the ones we're talking about here. Very quickly, Riley green. He was very much like the Spencer Torkelson. He should come up and blah, 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 got hurt. He's on a rehab assignment. Now, um, Grayson Rodriguez, I think is also a quick talking point tie and triple a two thirty two average 76 K's in 50 innings, only 10 starts though. So he's only averaging five innings, which I, I don't know if that was like four innings early in the year. And now he's pitching six kind of thing. Um, but, it, but also um, decimal eight, nine whip. Beautiful. Yeah. Grayson Rodriguez is ready for um, Adley to be catching him in MLB. And I hope, I really, really hope there aren't too many more Kyle Bradish type guys who get in the way, who are, you know, prospects that come up. Um, let let the man pitch. And then I'll I'll touch very quickly because he's a catcher. Yeah, I did spell it wrong. Uh, Gabriel Moreno. And for anyone who, who doesn't know, which I'm sure it's only me because I'm an idiot, Moreno is spelled more, no, M-O-R-E-N-O. I put an A in there and I could not find him. And I'm like, what have I done wrong? And I'm like, why? And then I realized the mistake. I'm like, you stupid son of a bitch. Anyway, in 118 at-bats at AAA, which was a rough start for him, he has one home run two stolen bases. 
So if you are in five by five, you are not impressed right now. But a 331 average, which is, of course, his calling card, is the fact that he is a hit for average type dude and an 811 OPS. Now, I didn't bother with the runs and RBIs because it's somewhat irrelevant when you're at AAA. Um, you got a lot of moving parts and pieces as well as where he is in the lineup that can change things a little bit. But I did tie. I did hear um, a professional group of writers discussing the fact that your lineup construction and there has been research. They didn't state the research that it has been done where it doesn't really matter where a manager puts players within a lineup because like particularly, you know, a certain player won't be protected. Uh, so you could, you could have a, you should have your best players leading off. And if you look at the, how the Yankees are doing it, they're just going based on OBP, which is a new strategy, which other teams are doing as well. Putting like big boppers early Rizzo leads off for the Yankees all the time. Guy gets on base. Um, those kind of things. Anyway, Moreno. I disagree has, heavily with that, to be honest. As a, So do I. I was making a joke statistically, with you two days ago. Was yeah. it two days ago I made the joke, stop trying to modernize baseball? Because you said something yeah. about the, the righty-lefty with whatever it was, and I'm like, stop trying was, to no, use modern. It was Patrick things. Sandoval, which is why he got mentioned in the opening today. I don't know if oh, right. That. Getting, those, <laughs> getting those tits lit by uh, the Jays. Yeah. He did get his tits lit. But the, the this is actually the flag that I mentioned earlier I wanted to mention. Moreno's getting all the press, um, but there's a post-hype guy here. Uh, and Robbie, do you want to hit the button for me since you know how to do it now? Oh, of course I do. I I won't give you Adele. I'll give you. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Before you say your piece, before you say your piece. um, So our son Ray is hilarious and uh, he randomly will sing things. Uh, He likes to sing in the bathroom, closes the door, has his poop, you know, just sings insanely (laughs) loud. He will walk around our house singing Oh Canada. Like it's you, you or I just asking, Hey, how's your day going? And be like, Oh, Canada. And he, he's working on it big time. Doesn't know all the words, but I, I don't care. It's fine. Very, very um, patriotic. Yeah. But he also said, uh, hello the other day. And I'm like, are you <laughs> shitting me? Like, where did he hear that? That he said That's that. And I do, I, I do my best not to swear on the podcast. Just like I try not to swear in front of him. Um, and I couldn't believe it. And like both my wife and I looked at each other like, what where did he hear that <laughs> so the, the influences are everywhere but anyway the lionel was the one i had to give you because of that so who's the post i guy? appreciate that i mean it's it's a guy that has very similar to the guys we mentioned earlier get get forgotten a little bit jordan groshans in in triple right now um his numbers are quite good uh he's hitting 322 with an 822 ops on the season um, but at triple a, since he's been promoted, um, or back from injury, I should say he's hitting 352 with an 897. Now they haven't left the yard yet. Right. And so this is the kind of guy, and I flagged this Robbie, if you remember when he got drafted, uh, paired with Klopfenstein, um, the, the swing and the powers here, and it will come later. If you, if you go all the way back, I'm sure I said something to that effect. Um, and, and this is the guy that for me. For my monthly, I'm buying him or Riley Green, who you just mentioned. Those are my two guys that I want right now if I can get my hands on them. Because, you know, Riley Green's just a stud. Groshan is going to be a lot cheaper for a guy that's going to be a stud. Now, he could be trade bait here for the Jays with Kevin Bijo. Very realistic possibility. Um, but this is a guy that I, I'm actually higher on than Gabriel Marino, who the entire fantasy okay. community 
thinks is a better fantasy option. So I will say it right now, and there's very few people saying this, Groshan is the better fantasy option, period. Okay, and I will add to the hype train that I think on MLB.com's prospect list of just like prospects in baseball. I think he's number four right now. It, Who's that? I couldn't believe Groshans? Moreno. Moreno. Oh, yeah, he is. He's way up there. It, like, it doesn't insanely sense. high. And, and Volpe, who is another guy who I'll just very quickly say at double A. Um, yes, he is younger than dudes at his level, but um, it's not five years. He's hitting 203, 18 stolen bases, mind you. Uh, but five home runs and 153 at bat. So if you want to just say times that by three for a kind of full season ish thing for him, the stolen bases would be 50, which is just insane. Home runs would be 15, which would be very acceptable, but not with the 200 average. That's that's not going to play. That's not going to move him up. That's not getting you promoted. I don't think the Yankees are like, oh, good. He's stealing bases, right? Yeah. Like that's not a Yankee thing to do, especially if you look at the lineup construction today. They're not looking for you to hit bases or sorry to um to steal bases and then another another new york boy but on the other end is francisco alvarez who i have to say ty if you go to baseballreference.com um not a sponsor yet um <laughs> the pitcher of alvarez he could easily be 38 uh it, it is a such a weird looking foot he's got shaved eyebrows but he also looks like he's an older molina uh yeah within or, or sorry no not molina yeah no benji molina yeah that's the family I'm, looks I'm in the right like name. a weird looking version of edwin diaz to be honest um, okay well but, he, he is doing good things with an 800 ops a 263 average and seven dingers at double a this year good not at all elite just so we're discussing those things right now well i mean he does he has had a bit of a hot streak here in may right so one thing to, to know, get like those he, numbers up right to get those correct. numbers there but, but those are the guys you want to jump on, right? Like when somebody that's not, not an expert is going into baseball reference and going, oh, this guy's only hitting 260 this season. He's not doing what I thought he was going to do. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? That bump that he's had over the last 30 days is the real Francisco Alvarez. So take advantage of those dips. Buy the dip, right? Since the stock market's a sh an absolute dumpster fire, buy low in fantasy baseball instead. And here would be somebody who it is not at all possible to buy low on. Um, but the numbers at this moment don't look good until I tell you the details behind it. Novelli Marte with Seattle, uh, 247 average, 722 OPS, four home runs. And that's in full-time playing time, 162 at-bats at high A. Now, what I will tell you here is that he is two years younger on average than whoever he is playing against or being pitched against. And it is high A. Um, Marte is super young and a lot of raw power and it's going to be, he's going to be one of those cases of it clicks at this level in the minors. I don't know what it's going to be, if it's going to be later this year, but the fact that he's not hitting 300 does not at all concern me because he's not playing with peers. He's playing with people older than him, um, and beyond. And again, like in the Seattle system, they have a lot of J2 guys who are going to be in the D Dominican summer, summer league this year or at their own complex league. And Marte is already ahead of those guys yet. They're the same age. So there is that advancement within the Seattle system too, um, that I give him credit for now, somebody else who as well, Ty, this is another, I think, I think, and I, I mean, maybe we'll do an episode. If, if people are at all interested, we could do an episode midsummer on this. Um, I think he's a top 15 guy and definitely a top three starting pitcher prospect with MLB.com. 
Daniel Espino. And the only reason I'm saying MLB.com prospect stuff at all is because when I saw um, Gabriel Moreno, when I spelled his name correctly, I had to go to that site to do it. And that's when I was like, wait a second, he's that high. And then I looked at some of the other names around. I was like, holy crap. So Daniel Espino, a former first round pick with Cleveland. He's at double A this year, late start to the year. I'm assuming injury, uh, 18 and a third innings pitched 35 K's and a point seven zero nine whip. That is elite baseball. And I have him in a few dynasty leagues because I was very interested in trusting the process in Cleveland. He's one of those guys that I'm, I'm seriously considering making the trade pre debut for because that yeah. like Cleveland's not in a position where they're going to be competitive. And if he's going to be with the guardians, I think he's going to struggle for certain categories in fantasy and overall point totals. Whereas if I could trade away, like trade him away for say two veterans that could maybe win me a championship in a league and also somebody who could carry over for the next year, I might just make that move. This is a prep arm that I loved Rob and I, and I know you loved uh, early on. We both were, were like, this guy's got some, something special. The mechanics for me were just really good out of high school. You don't see that that often. Um, so I was excited about what he could be. He's done exactly what I thought he could be. I actually don't think he's ranked high enough. Like baseball America has him 65. I think he's higher than that myself. Now mm. what I will say, and we've seen this time and time again, prep arms get hurt. That's a thing. So it's the biggest reason that I haven't had too many shares. I don't even know that I have a single share of Daniel Espino, even though he's one of my favorite guys in the minor leagues. Um, I don't think I own a share of him. So I'm waiting for the Tommy John time and that's when I'm going to pounce. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. <laughs> it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. The mechanics are good. He could avoid it, but I took a little bit of a, a smart risk because he was a first round prep arm. A lot of people reach for those guys, even though they shouldn't, uh, they do. And so he just went way too early for me in almost every format that I was in. So that's the biggest reason that I don't own him. But I, I do like him. Um, a guy that I'm going to opposite on, Robbie, and you've heard me say this in nauseam, is Corbin Carroll. Um, this is a guy that's having a ton of success this season, and rightfully so, he's getting hype. I just I feel like he is the profile for me of the guy that gets to the pros and doesn't produce. I, I just cannot cannot get past that. He's 5'10", 165 pounds, right? Like it's a good thing Arizona plays indoors because if they had a strong breeze, um, he might blow away. Like. That I, like as a as a power prospect, as a guy that's supposed to hit home runs, he's got twelve so far at Amarillo. Like on the right day, you and I can hit a pop up on the infield that goes out, right? Like it can get windy in Texas, and so those are the inflated stats that I have a strong concern for. Because if you take two seconds to look, his career total in the minor leagues in in the three previous years is six. So right. he's already doubled that this year in a, a happy Homer league. And he's about to go to the PCL, which is also another one. <laughs> so, but you know, he, yep. Go ahead. Robbie. But Ty, it's very, qu a very quick little scout analysis here, but that is what everyone said would happen with Corbett Carroll is the power would come later. The problem is exactly what you just identified. It is a, perfect scenario for power to to temporarily exist within Corbin Carroll's game and something that we were talking about before and I've, I've made the comparison and this was way back way back 
year and year ago, because it was like a year ago when I was saying Corbin Carroll is getting is the exact same player as Nick Madrigal. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have these things, but everyone's saying, oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. Well, now that it's here, I think we're agreeing that there's a bit of a phantom to it. It doesn't mean he's not going to hit home runs. It's just, you know, could we expect 12 as a major leaguer as a max? Yeah. Um, I it's, it's the stolen bases and average. That's got to be the big thing for Carroll well, in my mind. To me, and that's why I don't he have profiles, him because he's not as valuable. Yeah. To me, he profiles is like two or three kind of guys. Like, and, and the names are going to elude me just because I brought it up. Like an Inciarte would be the guy I could see him falling oh, in wow. line with. Um, who was the corner outfielder? Um, Adam Eaton. Anthony uh, Alford. No, <laughs> no, Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton. Like, not not that Adam Eaton's okay. bad, right? Like, there's no right. knock on, on. Like, I'm just saying what people want Corbin Carroll to be right now. Just I don't think is what he is. It's that simple to me. Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. he can't be a major league player. Very similar to what we talked about Franco. Like overhyping these guys is the problem not that they can't be major league players right not that they can't contribute to your fantasy baseball team right um what was the other guy that played for the nationals in their uh world series year the baby shark guy um that's the other guy oh. i'm thinking do you know who i'm talking about though yeah well he went or to texas shorter, small guy yeah in texas anyway for those of you so those of you that are listening will know but what is his um, name that's what i see corbin carl or Cor- corbin carroll being um, I just, I think there's a, a brick wall coming. Um, I just, I don't think he's the fantasy darling that everybody wants him to be. Uh, that's my take. All right. Now I see that we're getting long in the tooth on the episode. So I think we'll have to have a 2021 draft class update episode. I think that's fair. Do you agree with that Ty? I agree. Yeah. So we, we don't go too bad into this cause we still got a few names left. Um, but the next guy who I think everyone needs to consider, and this, this goes right in line with that hype train. All the prospect guys were telling you all about him. You need, you need him, you need him, you need him. Game changer, game changer. Um, we're now in the hurry up and wait because he is behind <laughs> in the depth chart. Tristan Casas with Boston at AAA. And everybody thought he should be up earlier, right? He should have got a shot. Uh, 248 average, 816 OPS. Not what you want to see from an OPS out of a power hitting guy. Yeah, he's 22. But I would just like to reference Nolan Gorman. 1,000 um, plus OPS at AAA for the year. And in 129 at-bats, we've only seen six home runs so far from Tristan Cases. Now, uh, Boston doesn't have a spot for him, first off. Second off, they're not doing great, so they could absolutely be a trade-off team where they open positions later in the year. But I think expectations need to be tempered a little bit. And you need to remember that Bobby Dahlback um, is still getting a lot of at-bats in Boston. And it seems like he's a little higher up than Michael Chavis ever was on that depth chart. I'm not exactly sure why, like realistically, I'm not sure why. Um, But I mean, they were able to get lightning in a bottle with Schwarber last year too. So um, they might be more inclined with the veterans than they are with the rookies. And Casas might be somebody who everybody who has him or is looking to acquire prospects might need to consider something else in the boomer bust because 248 average at AAA really scares the crap out of me when you make the transition to Major League Baseball and you see how much actual sluggers are struggling this year. Kyle, Kyle Schwarber is a prime example. Overall, it's not the worst um, in five categories, but he's also, Kyle Schwarber is one of the top well, strikeout guys in Major League Baseball this year. I want to flag something really quickly that not a lot of people think about in these conversations, and that's uh, weather, right? Like weather in the Northeast when you look at these leagues that, you know, the uh, international league, which is traditionally 
um, the AAA format in the Northeast, right? Like that is is a league that will experience some weather. And we've had a crazy spring, right? Like we really have uh, weather-wise. So these things matter when it comes to hitters, right? You see a little bit more success with your pitchers in that window. Um, but I, I, I still am very high on Tristan Cases. Uh, he had a very good second half last year. I expect him to do that. Um, I, I think an interesting comparable for him is like a Rowdy Talese as well. Like I think we're going to see both those guys in the second half of the year um, have better seasons. Like There's people that are going to be out on both these guys. And there's a re- reason I mentioned it because right now, if you own Rowdy Talese, you're like, what is happening? The last three weeks haven't been great. Um, he's going to be fine. When, the, when it gets warm, he's going to hit home runs. Tristan Case is going to be the same kind of guy. And guess what? When a guy like Talese or Cases is not hitting home runs, people aren't afraid of them. Okay, they're going to challenge them with pitches that they're not used to seeing. Their game plans are going to get disrupted, and a lot of times they're going to be thinking between their ears, which is a problem. Just go hit; they'll both be fine. Um, but Tristan Cases is a guy that right now, to your point, Robbie, like there's an opportunity to buy low on a guy that could be a really big deal left-handed right. bat in that Boston Red Sox potent lineup. So. Um, could be a really like he might be a guy we flag right now as a guy that's going to win people championships potentially this season. Oh, I'm not going on that. I'm not saying that cases is going to light the world on fire. I'm saying I've got some concerns if he was to be promoted at this moment. What I would like I, to I see too. is what you said is the the contact rate going up and just hitting for average because he's already not hitting for power because there are um AAA players with double his out his output in maybe 20 more at bats. So <clears throat> my concern here is, is lively and it goes to the next guy too. Uh, Brendan Davis with the Cubbies at AAA. There's a reason why Nelson Velasquez was promoted and not Brendan Davis. Uh, 77 at bats for Davis, a 195 average of 584 OPS, two dingers, but a 40% K rate. Now I mentioned the 40% K rate with Khalil Watson. And I said, that's, you know, hogwash. You need to ignore that stuff. This is AAA for a player who's supposed to be MLB ready this year. Uh, high school drafted guy, so he's still young for the age 22, I think, is Brendan Davis's age at the moment. But what it tells me is it tells me the Cubs are already thinking full season here, right? Yeah. Full, we need to 100%. see 300 more at-bats with that K rate dropping considerably because in today's Major League Baseball, you can still be a good contributor and you can hit for power if you're not hitting for average. But if you're not hitting for power, which is not Davis's game, you've got to pick it up with the average. And that's something that I'm a little concerned with um, a happy scenario though, Ty. And again, it's going to be an issue because it's St. Louis is Jordan Walker. Who's at double a 151 at bats four dingers, uh, which isn't lighting the world on fire, but a three Oh five average and 10% lower K rate at 30%. So still, you know, in the area of concern, if you're talking elite talent, um, but an 899 OPS, no concerns on that end. I would just say 30% K rate is making me wonder a little bit more than maybe I was before, but adjustment. And I believe he was a high school drafted guy too. He was. Double check he was. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, he was. Jordan Walker's an outfielder. He's 6'5", 220. Like it's coming. Um, it's not an infield profile. And guess what? You got two of the best corner infielders in baseball uh, on the St. Louis Cardinals right now, blocking him for at least the next two seasons. Um, you know, and unless Tyler O'Neill figures it out or, or Carlson, re-solidifies him, himself jordan walker's coming to challenge him for that playing time it's happening this is a 20 year old dominating right now you know who is not going to lose playing time harrison bader and you know why ty stolen 
stolen freaking bases and tight t-shirts. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't even realize this, but he was second in MLB and stolen bases last night when I looked um, second to, oh, geez, who was leading? Ah, uh, who was leading? I looked, I looked, I roster them. Of course, of course. No, no. Mateo's dropped down a little bit. Um, but it, that part's irrelevant. It was just, I was so surprised and happy to see that Harrison Bader was hitting like 266, I think it was, and like second in, in um, stolen bases, Major League Baseball, just basically making himself a very um, useful and desirable fantasy player, depending on your format. Now, if you're in points, can we, less less desirable. But Can anyway, we pause really quickly on St. Louis? And this is a side, but Brendan Donovan, um, what an impressive yeah. little player uh he is uh, i mean that's a guy that i'm not, not gonna lie i had to look up who the heck he was when i was watching him torch the jays um where he came from he flipped slid through every radar that i have um but he is the kind of guy that i like to watch play baseball um period and you know unfortunately he did do some damage to the jays in that series but they were they were good at bats um and and those are the kind of guys that you root for and that often in end up in the San Francisco Giants outfield. Um, you know, it's, it's just well, kind of how it works out. <laughs> 66 at bats for Donovan. This is his major league debut season, 2022. He's got 11 runs, one dinger, nine RBIs, a stolen base, a 288 average and an 837 OPS prior to play tonight. Uh, and he is one for two on the night with a run and a walk. So Donovan has been a pleasant surprise and depending on your format. Now, Yahoo, of course, has like the easiest to gain accessibility for positions, second base shortstop outfield. And I forget if he's third base only on fan tracks. I don't remember, um, but I do have him in multiple leagues, including our home league ties. So if you're really interested, I know we're playing each other this week. I would be happy to trade you Brandon Donovan for something that allows me to beat you this week. We can discuss if needed. <laughs> I don't need any outfielders in that league. Pretty much every other league I'm in, my outfield is decimated with injuries. That one league, I have like seven outfielders, so we're good. Well, he's also second base and shortstop eligible, so he's all over the place yeah, for me. Also deep there. Also deep there. Oh, like, okay, let me just so walk you lucky. through this. My outfield is my outfield is Yelich, Jordan, um, Jeff McNeil, uh, Austin Meadows. Who else do I have in that league? I've never heard of Luis any of those. Guys. Who also fits second base. Altuve's at second base. I've got Glaber, who's gonna who's my shortstop because Tatis is hurt, but is gonna be a second baseman at some stage here. Like I, I'm good in that league. I've got Juan Yapez as an outfield eligible guy now. Um, I'm missing somebody. I'm missing whoever I station as my right fielder. But anyway, I don't point know. Is, I'm well, deep there. I don't. I don't need Brendan Donovan there. Every other right. format I'm in, I would gladly trade for Brendan for or Brendan Donovan. Sorry. Well, I I did pick up Michael Harris, as you'd mentioned before, over the weekend, but he's not getting a lot of playing time. He only has nine at-bats, including an 0 for 3 tonight, so he's 1 for 9 on the career. But uh, I also have Acuna and Soto, so my outfield is always in decent shape in Mountcastle, hopefully um, turning it on now, 4 for 5 tonight. So, um, And I do have that Otani fellow. So I should never lose, but I always I always seem to at least have tight matchups, and this year I've already tied twice. So anyway, uh, the last guy on the list, so we can we can put a button on her here because this has been a long one, is Max Mayer with Miami. And I wanted to put him last for a couple reasons here. One, in 39 and two-thirds innings, he's got 44 Ks um, and a 1.16 whip. He's on the IL. The wins losses are irrelevant at AAA. There was talk a couple weeks ago that Meyer should be promoted 
and put in the bullpen with Miami and then become the closer. This is goes right back to what we talked about earlier with people and clickbait and content creators just trying really hard to make a case when they can't find a story. Otherwise, uh, yeah. you don't put like your purebred in to close when they've never pitched, you know, MLB innings before you let him go and play out his AAA season, which I do believe yeah. the AAA season ends the same time the MLB season now ends. Like they've, they've made them so that the player, the minor league players are no longer sitting for the month of September and then ask them to go into the AFL, like during playoffs and stuff. Um, Max Mayer should just be in AAA all year unless Miami has a need for a starting pitcher. And now that he's hurt, hopefully it is very minor. Um, his numbers were a little better two weeks ago, I think, when a lot of this kind of chatter was kicking up. But I could not understand the idea of taking what should be a 2023 starting pitcher for you, 25 start type guy, and saying, we're going to do the David Price thing from 15 freaking years ago on a team that was trying to go to the World Series, which Miami is not. Um, or at least not at this time. And I, I didn't get it. Um, didn't get the, the chatter, the articles, everything I'd read about it. I just thought, leave him alone, let him pitch. And let's hope that this injury is minor and he's back, uh, before the midpoint of June. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's just, there's too much overreacting in, in the prospects and in the minor leagues right now. So let them be, let them get their development. Let's move on. Um, and, and that's what we're hoping to coach you guys on. Those of you that listen to our advice, um, there's lots of advantages to patience um, and in looking for opportunity. So uh, it's a great spot to leave it, Robbie. Uh, it's been Tyler and Rob here on Dingers. We'll see you next time.